Welcome back, dear listeners, to another episode of the Through the Better podcast. And it is finals footy, finally, after 24 rounds, 23 games each team has played. We get to the final eight teams standing in the 2023 season. It will either be Collingwood, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Carlton, St Kilda, Greater Western Sydney, or the Swans lifting up the cup in September. And what an exciting final series it shapes up to be. And can I just say before I start that I am so excited that we finally have a finals series where we have a round, uh, first week of matchups that are extremely rare or have never happened before. It feels like the last few years, we always get a Collingwood versus Geelong, or we always get a Brisbane versus Richmond in the last couple of years, especially. Melbourne versus Collingwood, first final. Hasn't happened as a finals matchup since the 80s, right? Carlton, Sydney, not since 2013. St. Kilda, GWS, they never played each other in a final series before. And Brisbane, Port Adelaide, not since the 04 grand final. I, for one, am excited to see how these finals matchups go because there is no recent form, no recent finals form to kind of go off of. Um, and I think that's really, really exciting. But before we get into the round one, uh, first week, I should say, preview about who's going to win each game, why, we'll kind of discuss the overall final series. And to start off with, I'll I'll begin by previewing each team's chances of winning the flag and why I think they can and why I think they can't win the flag. And we'll start with eight to first. We'll go with the Sydney Swans, uh, the team that is controversially in the final series, considering what happened at the end of round 23 for the Adelaide Crows and more painfully for Crow supporters had that result that behind actually been correctly adjudicated as a goal and the goal review system actually been used as it should have been. It would have been a goal. They would have been in front and had the Swans not scored in the last minute or so, Adelaide would have won and it would be the Crows in the finals and Sydney not in September. So I partially, I do feel for Adelaide supporters, but the Sydney Swans, they are in eight. They traveled to Melbourne to play Carlton at the MCG a year after they defeated Melbourne in the qualifying final at the MCG last season. I was very lucky to go to that game of football and the amount of pressure that the Swans put, they really suffocated Melbourne. And that's probably the performance, the, the way that I've described Sydney's performance in the second half against Carlton uh, back in round 10 when they played each other. Both clubs are really struggling towards the bottom of the ladder. But the Blues especially were in that weird kind of seven to eight week funk period for them where they only won one game against West Coast. And since then, they have turned it around and turned it around really impressively, which is why I think that the Swans have the potentially the hardest task of all this final series because yes Melbourne they're playing the top of the ladder pies but it's at the neutral home ground of the MCG Port have done pretty well on the road so far this year so yes playing the Lions at the Gabba but Brisbane struggle in finals um, particularly up there and uh, GWS and St Kilda that's a real that's a coin toss game I think the Swans in front of 90,000 ravenous Carlson supporters have by far the hardest the hardest uh, run, I think the hardest task this 
first week of the finals, but there's no reason why they can't win it. The last seven to eight weeks, Sydney, I think, have been the best team, maybe the second best team in the competition, only behind the Blues. They ended the Giants' seven-game win streak. They've won ugly. They've won impressively. They show that they can win in different ways. They can win the close games. They can win the blowouts. They can win by starting well. They can win by controlling the end well, like they did against the Giants in that Sydney, uh, in that Battle of the Bridge, Sydney Derby, whatever you want to call it. Um, and never, ever, ever doubt the importance of momentum in a team's finals run. Uh, don't also forget the fact that the Swans are finals hardened, so they know what to expect from finals. They know the heat that's needed to bring, uh, for them to bring to finals intensity. Um, they know what it means to play in front of an opposition, big opposition crowd at the MCG during the finals. They know what it's like to win a big MCG final against a big Victorian club. With all that being said, the thing that is going to, I think, really hurt the Swans' chances of winning the flag this season is the fact that they have been a an abhorrent last-quarter team. Up by seven goals or so against the Crows, in the end, lucky to win. Up by 30-odd points against Essendon, in the end, lucky to win. Up by three goals midway through the third quarter against Melbourne, only to concede the last six goals of the game. I don't know how you fix that in two weeks, but from a Swans perspective, they've got to hope that John Longmire figured it out. Because if not, you have to be in a great position against Carlton to make sure that the Blues don't overrun you in the last quarter. And then past that, you then have to play Collingwood or Melbourne, also at the MCG in the semifinal. And if you get through that, then you have to play either Brisbane or Adelaide, sorry, Port Adelaide in Adelaide or Brisbane in Brisbane, which is a difficult, difficult, difficult run for anyone, which is why no one's won it from eighth and only one club has ever won it from lower than sixth on the ladder. Because it's it is it is a really, really difficult run to play two consecutive games at the MCG, followed by a trip to the Gabba or the Adelaide Oval. That's a tricky set of games, and then you gotta come back to the MCG. I just think that it perhaps is a little bit too much for the Sydney Swans, but they can build themselves up a nice platform to launch into 2024 from with this final series. To seventh. And we go to the other New South Wales team, Greater Western Sydney. What a season it's been from them. I tipped them to win the wooden spoon earlier in this, uh, before the season started, in fact, which goes to show how much I know about football. Um, it's been an incredible run, seven wins in a row that they had, a uh, little bit of a falter in form. But what a great win against Carlton in round 24 to secure themselves a spot in September and to knock out the dogs as well. Big, important win. That was, I think, because it was in Melbourne. Yes, it was at Marvel Stadium, but still it wasn't in Melbourne. It was against a finals club in Victoria. And they started that game, the first 15 minutes, pretty poorly, I think. So the fact that they were able to turn it around in-game and end up winning by as much as they did should be fully commended for that. Um, with that being said, though, 
I just wonder with the amount of retirements and injuries that they've had so far recently. Yes, they only played finals two years ago. But with that being said, they have a lot of young players coming through that haven't quite had finals experience yet. And I just wonder how that's going to impact them. Additionally, they have the same issue at the Swans. If that if they beat St. Kilda at the MCG, they then have to travel to either the Gabba or to the Adelaide Oval. Brisbane at the Gabba, granted it is in finals, but still Brisbane haven't lost at the Gabba so far this season. Uh, Port Adelaide has had the wood over the Giants over the last few years. The Giants have really struggled against them, especially in Adelaide. Um, and then past that, you have to play either Collingwood or Melbourne at the MCG. And it's just, it's a really tricky, it's a really tricky run for GWS. And I know they did it in 2019, but they had the benefit, the benef- the benef- uh, they were beneficiaries, I should say, the benefit, they had the benefit of playing a game at Giant Stadium in the first week of the finals, which they then used as, the momentum uh as the momentum starter for the rest of the September campaign that they had that year. With that being said though, the first week of the finals is kind of offset by the fact that they're playing a Marvel Stadium team at the MCG, even though it is a Melbourne-based club, because they play at Marvel Stadium, I kind of feel like this game is a bit of a neutral one for them. So who knows? Maybe they'll have a, a better start to their September campaign than the Sydney Swans who have to play an MCG slash Marvel Stadium team at the MCG, um, which is more like a true away game. I feel like the Giants-St. Kilda game is a bit of a neutral one. But we'll go on to the Saints and what a season it has been from them. I feel like they've kind of snuck under the radar a little bit. Uh, I think one of only two clubs to have been inside the top six the entire season which is a in- pretty incredible statistic when you think about it, uh, alongside Collingwood, of course. They've been they've been disappointing games occasionally. That loss to Gold Coast was really disappointing. They nearly lost to North Melbourne earlier in the year. They nearly lost to West Coast as well, which was also really disappointing. But the way that they've managed to turn it around the last three weeks has been uber impressive. Last three or four games of the season, uh, smashing Hawthorne and Hawthorne, despite finishing inside the bottom four, a really difficult team to play against. So for the Saints to have turned it around like they have uh, in such a short period of time, starting with the Hawks, it was an impressive win. And then to beat Richmond, a team that has routinely beat them up over the last few years, and then Geelong, a team that has routinely beat them up since really the 2010 qualifying final, which is when the Saints beat uh, Geelong in a, in a controversial one ever since that point. Geelong have really kind of dominated St. Kilda. And so to to bully Geelong like they did and to beat them so comprehensively, and then, of course, the honourable loss up in Queensland against Brisbane, maybe they were a little bit lucky to get as close to Brisbane as they did, considering how inaccurate the Lions were. But it's been a very impressive turnaround. And like with the Swans and the Giants, they head into September with the best possible form, especially when you consider where they were rounds 18, rounds 19 or so. Um, it's been a very impressive turnaround. And it's been their youngsters mostly driving it. Their youngsters, as well as, I think, borderline career best form from some of their older players uh, like Bradley Hill and Dan uh, Dan Butler. Um, and I think it's going to be that mixture of youth, uh, the energy that the, that the young players bring, Um but also the level of finals experience that players like Butler, former Richmond Premiership player, and Hill, uh, three-time Premiership player at the uh, at the Hawks, um, 
it's going to be critical for for the Saints this season for a club that has only played before 2023, only played in one final series since, well, the end of Ross Lyon part one. And now he's back in September. He's called this the real season. It's going to be fascinating. With all that being said, though, I do wonder about that lack of finals experience, especially when you come up against teams like even if you beat the Giants, you then have to play Brisbane or Port Adelaide interstate as well, which for Victorian clubs is really, really tricky to do when you consider how finals experienced the Lions and the Power are. It's just a bit tricky. And honestly, winning winning a fight, winning a premiership from outside the top four is is exceptionally rare. There's a reason why since the competition expanded to a full eight side final series in 1994 there's only been two clubs who have ever won it from outside the top four the crows and then the dogs in 2016 it's just impossible to do borderline and then we go to carlton quite possibly the most impressive turnaround of all from the depths of four nine and one to nine or ten in a row i forget how much it was Exactly, but it was an incredible turnaround, starting with some monster victories against subpar teams and finishing off with comfortable, comprehensive wins against finals contenders and finals teams, which I think for me, when they started beating Collingwood and then St. Kilda and Port Adelaide, that was when I thought, okay, maybe this Carlton, maybe this Carlton change of momentum is is legit. And it was. They're playing their first final series since 2013 uh, on paper. Their team probably is one of the best, if not the best, this final series when you consider how stacked they are. Um, and do not underestimate the influence of destiny. And I know destiny is a little bit because every club will feel like it's in their destiny to win the flag every single final series. But when you have a big club that has been dormant for so long, and you get a run to the finals like this, you can kind of get the sense that it's a little bit of destiny unfolding for them. Like the Dogs in 2016 or the Tigers in 2017. Um, and there's just that feel about Carlton this year. And they are almost in the perfect age bracket to win the premiership as well, which I think is about 27 years uh, on average for, for their playing list. Round about that. Um, and they... Uh, I think potentially primed and ready to to be the club inside the bottom four of the top eight to win the flag, uh, or most likely to, which seems an obvious statement for a club that finished fifth, but sometimes a club that finishes fifth ends up flaming out the first week of the finals, and you think, well, that's about it. This team could legitimately win the flag this year. The only problem is, is that they did get a tiny bit lucky in that run home, Take nothing away from them. But when you have such a poor start against Gold Coast, who finished in the bottom four, and you only end up beating them by four points in the end, and you have to rely on your big tall forward going down back to take a game-winning mark. And then the week before that, uh, beating Melbourne due to a faulty goal review system with poor technology that can't tell if it was a goal or a behind. I think it was a behind. I think it was touched. But the fact that we can't tell meant that Carlton, I think, got away with something there. Uh, a little bit lucky, perhaps. And I think the game against Greater West in Sydney 
has shown the fact that when clubs figure out how you beat Carlton, which you put the clamps on Crips and you stop that runoff halfback that players like Saad provide, they really struggle. And so Carlton can be, I think they're the biggest unknown going into this final series because they can go all the way and they can win the premiership or they can lose the first week of the finals by five goals and that's it. And I also think the fact that they haven't played finals in 10 years means that a lot of their great players during the home and away season will struggle in the heat of finals football. Although who knows, maybe finals is meant for players like Cripps and now he gets to finally flex his muscles a la Luke Hodge or Joel Selwood, but that will, that will remain to be seen. On to fourth place, Melbourne, speaking of Ds. Uh, interesting stat. They're going up against history here, recent history at least, since the start of the 2000s, which was when the current finals top eight system was implemented, where first place fourth, second place third, fifth place eighth, and sixth place seventh. The teams that have finished fourth have never won the flag that season, which is pretty incredible. So the Ds are up against it, but they come up against the Collingwood side in the first week of the finals with injury problems and a little bit of form issues as well, although they did get a good 70-point win in round 24 to finish the season. It's also at a neutral venue as well, which is, I think, best for Melbourne because they've struggled interstate this year which is something that you that you couldn't say about Melbourne in 2021 or 2022. They've struggled interstate this season, the Demons. Um, but they get to play first final at the MCG. They'll play their second final at the MCG, regardless of what happens. A um, couple of injury concerns that I think could potentially derail their finals and their premiership campaign. Losing uh, Jake Melksham for September is definitely, I think the highest or the, the, the I think the biggest loss I should say because of the form that he's shown in the second half of the season when he came back in especially against Brisbane late in the year when he kicked that winning goal that was a huge game from him and without him they don't win that game and so now it's up to some of the younger players at Melbourne to see if they can step up and take that mantle from some of the older players who are starting to get a little bit injured but with that being said, Melbourne strikes me as a club that is not satisfied with winning just one flag. They strike me as a club that has enough hunger, and it's easy to say this now. We won't know. We, we won't know until the final series actually starts. But they strike me as a club that actually is hungry enough to win another flag, and you saw that in how professional they were in the back half of the season. Didn't get you know games won comfortably or convincingly, but they got what they needed to do done uh, as, as unconvincing as it was. And I think that this could be the first premiership that Melbourne win in Melbourne since 1964, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. With that being said, injuries at this time of year is without a doubt the worst possible thing to have happened the worst possible thing to have happened. And it is key players getting injured. The game against Sydney was brutal. I thought Fritch was going to be out injured for the final series. And I, from memory, I don't think he is, which is lucky. But it is a terrible time of the year to start having injuries. You want your full team on the paddock 
as much as possible to launch a successful assault on the flag. And it could be finals, uh, could be injuries uh, that, that bring their finals campaign undone, Melbourne. We go to third-placed Port Adelaide, and uh, what an interesting team Port Adelaide has been. Lost two out of their first three, won 13 in a row, lost four in a row, and then won the remaining games of the season. And now we get a top-four finish for Port Adelaide for the third time in four seasons. They have quietly, I think, been one of the more successful teams during the last few years but a little similar to their 2001 to 2003 form where they dominated the home and away seasons. They haven't been able to successfully pull that off in finals. And now they come up against the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba, a team that has not looked like losing a finals game at the Gabba. Uh, sorry, a game during the home and away season at the Gabba this year. Obviously won a final last year at the Gabba. Uh, it's going to be a tricky game for Port Adelaide. But... Similar a little bit to St. Kilda is that you've got the youth energy about Port Adelaide led by the likes of Jason Horn Francis uh, mixed in a little bit kind of like GWS or a little bit like uh, a little bit like Melbourne where you've got some of the older experienced players who have finals and maybe have had tasted success a little bit Um hungry for more, hungry for more success, hungry for the ultimate success. Um, you think of a player like Travis Boak, who hasn't played in a premiership, but played in the 2007 grand final, um, which was a horrible day for the Port Adelaide Football Club. If they can get the mix right of youthful energy and also using experience when it comes to their recent final series, uh, campaigns there's no reason why they can't win the flag in season 2023 interesting to read that they're using Oppenheimer as a theme for their for their campaign but it shows the mindset that they want they want to be unified they want to be unified front they want to present themselves and play like a team instead of just as a bunch of individuals and I think that more so than almost any other sport in the world. It's about all 22 players on the field playing their roles to the best of their ability. And Port Adelaide this year has been one of the best sides at doing so, and that's why they're finishing inside the top four. And there's no reason why, if they get a little bit lucky with injuries, there's no reason why they can't win the premiership this season. With that being said, though, they by far have the worst percentage of any club inside the top four which goes to show that they won a lot of close games. And in finals football, we saw last year, especially with Collingwood, when you have luck during the home and away season, in close games, it can sometimes turn around in finals and bite you in the backside. It can hold you in good stead for close finals, but it can also do the opposite. And so I'm a little bit torn on Port Adelaide, poor percentage, but an incredible season. I do think they can win the flag. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe they'll do it for some of their older players like Trevor Spoke or Tom Jonas. Uh, their opponents this weekend, though, the Brisbane Lions have been challenging for the last four or five seasons without really taking that step towards a grand final appearance yet. Uh, they've gotten close a couple of times. But last season, they finally overcame the Gabba, the home ground uh, finals hoodoo that they had which was it's a weird thing to say because you would think a finals series at your finals game at your home ground, you would be 
well, more often than not, favorites to win. And they have been, but they before 2022, they just couldn't quite get over that mental, whatever the mental thing was about playing at home. Their success during the home and away season never really translated into finals. And last year, they managed to get that crucial victory against Richmond in that awesome first final. Richmond supporters, I know, I know about the goal review, but Brisbane deserved that win. They played excellently. And now they head to a final series also with getting a crucial finals victory last year at the MCG against Melbourne, which is crucial for uh for uh for getting that um premiership victory obviously with the grand final played at the MCG. If you look at the teams inside the top four, they play Port. Port is I think the biggest danger to Brisbane this final series. Um not just because what Port did in round one, but because I think Port there will be a level of expectation if Brisbane do play Port in the grand final that it's Brisbane's premiership to lose because of their age bracket, because of the players on their list. And I think Port match up the best out of the top four sides against Brisbane. Collingwood have lost six games in a row against the Lions. Yes, none of them at the MCG, but still that is a formidable four line against any opponent at any ground. And Melbourne, well, they got dismantled by Brisbane earlier in the year. They lost the final to Brisbane at the MCG last year. They nearly lost to Brisbane again at the MCG late in this season. Uh, I think Brisbane match up really, really well against Melbourne. There is very little reason why Brisbane cannot win the premiership this year, except for mental demons. Whatever mental scars they have from previous finals campaigns, it can either prove that the great motivator to motivate them to success, think about Geelong in 2022, or it can turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. We're here again. We stuffed up before, therefore we're going to stuff up again. Interesting that Chris Fagan has come out and basically said, yeah, this is, you know, this is this is our year. This is our year. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. But it's interesting that he's come out and said that. I like that from the coach. You've got to be bold, got to be brave. I think this could very well be the year that Brisbane win the flag. And I think short of mental frailty and injuries, this should be the year that they win the premiership. But before we get into that, we've got to discuss Collingwood, the team that has been top of the ladder for so long, uh, so much of this season, they've been on top of the ladder is by far and away the best club in the competition until the final five weeks or so where they just started to falter a little bit. The bad loss against Carlton, the loss against Brisbane at Marvel Stadium and the real head scratcher losing to Hawthorne like they did in a landslide. Um, despite how well Hawthorne has played, that is an appalling loss to lose to a team 16th on the ladder by that much at your own home ground. I think it was a, I, oh, it might have been a Hawthorne home game. Nevertheless, it was a disappointing loss, disappointing performance. Um, with that being said, though, very, very, very good momentum swing potentially in that round 24 victory against Essendon where they suffocated the life out of us. With that being said, I don't know if Essendon is playing such a roadkill opponent in the final round of the season is going to do your finals campaign any good. I think of Geelong in... 2020 uh, sorry in 2018 where they played Fremantle and Gold Coast in their last two uh, games in Geelong won both of them by over 100 points and then the first week of the finals they get hammered and then they lose and they're out of the finals 
Difference between Geelong in 2018 and Collingwood in 2023 is that the Pies finished on top of the ladder. Geelong finished eighth in 2018. So perhaps it was a little bit of a false equivalency. But form is extremely important, and that's not a false equivalency. The Pies have to overcome a lot of recent history. No club since Sydney in 2012 has had a worse end to the season as Collingwood has had before going on to win the Premiership. What will help them is inclusion uh, from injuries. Uh, Dacos potentially coming back as soon as the semifinal if the Pies lose tonight against Melbourne or the prelim if the Pies win. But I think the big inclusion is Darcy Moore as the player who I think could potentially help decide this final series. Collingwood has really struggled the last month or so with, with conceding with conceding uh, scores of over 100 points on multiple occasions. And that coincided with Moore being out for a couple of those games. And so him being back is a massive inclusion for this Collingwood Football Club. And if they are to win, he's going to have to have a monster September. Speaking of September, let's discuss who I think the grand final matchup will be between. Uh, no doubt a lot of a lot of people will be saying that Colin would make the grand final, and that's understandable. Um, I am going for a little bit of an upset prediction because September always throws up these surprise results here. Um, I don't think a team from outside the top uh, four will make the grand final this season. I think Carlton are too inexperienced. I think St. Kilda are too inexperienced. I think the Giants and the Swans have too difficult of a travel schedule to make the grand final. It will be between two teams inside the top four. But for the first time since 2006, I am predicting an all non-Victorian grand final 2004 GF rematch. Will Brisbane get their revenge against Port Adelaide? That is my grand final prediction. And at the MCG, a neutral venue where both clubs kind of struggle in a little bit. I am tipping an upset. I'm going bold, going brave here. I'm tipping Port Adelaide to win the premiership. I think there was something in the 13 wins in a row. The four losses in a row that came after that, a couple of them were a little bit unlucky. Um, and I think they arrested the momentum uh, slide really well in the last three games of the season, including coming overcoming a potentially uh, banana peel game against Richmond in round 24. That home ground advantage at the Adelaide Oval is incredible. And they've been pretty good on the road this season, Port Adelaide. There's no reason why they can't go to Queensland and beat the Brisbane Lions. Uh, and even if they don't, I think playing Melbourne or Collingwood in the prelim final at the MCG on a Friday night, I think that kind of gives them mentally just that little bit of an advantage over whoever they are playing. Because yes, they'll be playing away, but the expectation will all be on their opponent. They'll be the underdogs and underdogs in September can do pretty well sometimes. I'm tipping Port Adelaide to win the premiership. Uh, if I'm going with a Norm Smith medalist, I'm tipping the Norm Smith medalist to be Zach Butters, uh, one of the best players this season. Would not be surprised if he wins the Brownwell as well. What a season it's been from him. Tipping him to have about 30 disposals plus plus a couple of goals as well uh, in what will be a monumental performance for the young player. Now, on to the first week predictions for finals. We will start off on Thursday night football. Tonight, in just a few hours, it's Melbourne and Collingwood at the MCG. I should say Collingwood and Melbourne. It's the Pies and the Deeds. Who wins first versus fourth with the opportunity to win a home qualifying final 
uh, uh, win their way through to a home prelim final at the MCG and also get to avoid traveling in the third week of the finals if they win the semifinal, that is, uh, to either the Gabba or the Adelaide Oval. I think that Melbourne was, I think, one. they were one of the few teams this year to dismantle Collingwood. And I know that Collingwood came back and they only just lost against uh, the Deeds in the end. But that game should not have been as close as it was. Melbourne missing as many opportunities as they did to put that game away properly. Melbourne dominated Collingwood and dominated Collingwood in a way that I don't think I've seen many clubs do this season. And Collingwood didn't even have injuries as an excuse for the way that they were dominating in that game. I just think that Melbourne outplayed them. And I think that games between Collingwood and Melbourne in the last couple of years have always been really close to each other. Collingwood's still with injury concerns. Darcy Moore, is it going to be fully fit? That Melbourne forward line, even with Jake Melksham missing, is such an, is such an imposing forward line, especially when Gorn goes forward. And the advantage of Gorn is you're going forward, going back, he plays really well. Uh, dropping in the hole either in the forward line or dropping in the hole down back to take the intercept mark. I think at the neutral ground at DMCG, the Collingwood home ground advantage gets neutralized. And I think Melbourne will win in a nail biter by about 10 points. It should be a blockbuster clash. And I am so looking forward to watching it. We go to Friday night football, Carlton versus Sydney. The first time that Carlton playing in a finals game since the 2013 semifinal at the S actually it was at um the stadium. Pardon me, I was going to say the SCG is at ANZ Stadium, also against the Sydney Swans. And like in that game, I think finals experience will do Sydney well in this one. I think Carlton's lack of finals experience will mean that they'll make mistakes that they otherwise wouldn't. I think the occasion will get to them a little bit. The Swans know what it's like to win a final at the MCG when the world is against them. The Swans do very well when they are underdogs. I mean, they were sitting 15th as late as round 16 or 17, and they've made the finals. Do not discount the Sydney Swans. I think the Swans will win a nail-biter by about two to three goals. On to the game that is potentially the trickiest matchup to predict properly. I am tipping GWS to beat St. Kilda in what should be an exciting and enthralling game at the MCG. A neutral venue for both clubs, but again, I just think the finals experience of the Giants, even though perhaps not as much finals experience as they've had had in previous years, will be too strong for the Saints uh, with a lot of young kids and a bit of a, and I know they've, they've improved their, scout, their scoring output the last, uh, month or so, but they're still a really dour and defensive unit, I think, overall, the Saints, and I think the Giants will be too strong for them, uh, even at the MCG. And then we go to the Gabba, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. I know what I said about the power, but I'm tipping the Lions to win this one by about four goals, setting up an extremely interesting grand final rematch uh, in three weeks' time. But that is all for now, dear listener. Thank you so much for listening to this rambling mess of a podcast episode. I wish your team all the best for the final series, unless you're Carlton or Collingwood. In that case, then I hope your team metaphorically collapses in a massive heap. Um, until next week, when we will have an episode out previewing the semifinals and reviewing the first week of September, my name is Casper McLeod. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay sexy. See you then.